Welcome to the Planet Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Gerald Trinidad and Vienna Ortiz. This podcast is your favorite place to talk all things planners and planner-related conversation. By listening to Planner Talk, you'll get practical and actionable strategies for planning while paired with conversations about hot topics in the planner community, interviews with shop owners and influencers, and tips on business and following your passion. This podcast will always give you the dose of good conversation, practicality, realness, and motivation you need to be your best self. Welcome back to the Planner Talk podcast. Today, we have an exciting guest. She is Christy from Confessions of a Girl Boss. You've probably seen her in the community. She is awesome. She's got 2,000 plus followers on Instagram, 4,000 plus on YouTube. She is the founder of Planner Boss Academy. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear what she has to say. I'm actually very, very excited to have her on the podcast. Um, and yeah, so let's get into it. Hi, thanks. Hi. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for being here. I'm yeah. so excited, like okay. so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm I'm a little bit nervous too. Not gonna lie. <laughs> no, don't be nervous. It's just a bunch of girls talking, you know. Yes, I am excited. Okay, so I need to know because I know you're obsessed with pizza, as am I, and so I want to know. What is your perfect pizza, favorite toppings, all of that jazz, and what's your favorite pizza place? Okay, so as for toppings, I've been a vegetarian since like Thanksgiving, which is somewhat new. So before that, it would have been like pepperoni, black olive, like kind of like a supreme deluxe style pizza. But now I really just do like mushroom and onion, and I'm happy with that. (laughs) but as for a pizza place we just moved so we are currently like ranking all of the local pizza places so so to be determined because I'm not sure yet okay keep us updated I will keep you updated for sure (laughs) I wasn't sure if you were like a Domino's Pizza Hut or you had like a local place that you were like diehard for (laughs) no so In Arizona, my husband makes a mean pizza dough. We found a recipe on YouTube that was like a 20 minute pizza dough and he made it every single week. So if we don't find a good place in New Jersey, which is highly doubtful, we won't find a good pizza place in New Jersey, but he'll be back to making the pizza. (laughs) Awesome. Love that. (laughs) That's funny because I don't, I'm not a pizza eater. Vienna knows this about me. I, (laughs) she's like, why? But I honestly... I will only have pizza at the most twice a year. Like I literally, oh my gosh. Yeah, my husband hates it because he's like, I want pizza, but you never want pizza. I'm like, you can have pizza. I just don't want any. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Ours is like religion. Like every Friday we get, we have pizza. <laughs> my husband would want to be adopted because <laughs> well, he's like, can I'll, we have I'll pizza? I'll take it. You can have my son because he's not a big pizza fan. And I'm like convinced he's not actually mine. <laughs> I, I can deal with that. I don't know what it is. I just feel like it's, I know for pizza lovers out there, the next sentence I'm going to say, I just don't feel like it's a meal. <laughs> like I'm like, it's just bread and sauce. <laughs> uh, bread and cheese, the two best food groups. Yeah. 
Vienna's if you guys you guys can't see her but she's like yes that is exactly the two best groups so I want to know how did you get started in the planner community how did you find it what's your story yeah so I found it back in 2015 I was a beauty youtuber at the time I was not a very good one but I was um, and I found Kayla from Oh Hello um, Stationery Co. or Oh Hello Co. now, I think. And she was just like talking about her Erin Condren all the time. And I was like, what is this? And then of course, rabbit hole. And I just became obsessed. <laughs> so I moved to Canada and I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have any friends. And my husband was like, well, why don't you just like try it out? Cause I've always been kind of entrepreneurial. Like I had like a cake decorating business in Ireland and like, I wanted to like make my blog and YouTube channel, my full-time job. And I was like, I can do this. So he bought me a cricket and I opened my shop. <laughs> Girl, you are international. Did I hear Canada <laughs> and Ireland and now you're in the States? Like, yeah, oh, okay. I, I, I get around. No, I need to know a little bit of the deets. Like what's go what's going on? Yeah. So I was born in New Jersey. My mom is Irish. So we moved to Ireland when I was 12, did high school, college, and I was a project manager at Yahoo in Ireland. I also lived in Italy for six months as an au pair. I've been around even further. What? The, what? <laughs> I, know, I know. I know. I can't. I can't sit still. Apparently, but now that I have kids, I need to sit still because it's like way more stressful to move. <laughs> I love it. You have experienced so much. Like I want to know as much as I can. Know. I, I love that. I love that you were able to travel and like that really led you to where you are now, which I'm excited to talk to you about. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like if. I had never started my shop. Like I never would have met anybody in the planner community and I never would have moved to Arizona. Like it just would have been such a different story for me. So I talk about that to my husband all the time. I'm like, where, what would our life be like if like we never moved to Canada? Like, it's just so weird to think about. Yeah, it's weird how things happen. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your shop before, like when you first started your shop, what were you doing? You were selling stickers. How long did you have it open? Um, a little bit about that. Yeah, so my shop was Pretty on Paper Co. or Popco Stickers. We were open for four years and I was selling um, primarily planner stickers. I dabbled in like workout tank tops and like hats and stuff because I was so into working out before my wedding. Um, but yeah, we were open for four years and right around before my son turned one, I decided to close the doors and kind of make a pivot just because that was the direction I kind of wanted to take my life. It was just kind of the season of life I was in. Love that. Wow. That's a long time. Four years. Yeah, we, I mean, it was really successful and like, that's what was the hardest, probably the hardest decision to make was actually closing the doors, but I was lucky in the fact that I could make that decision um, and have the support of my husband and of my family to make that decision, um, even though it was kind of bittersweet because I did love it, but I just knew that I needed to kind of pause on it, you know? Yes. Oh, I love support systems. Can't do anything without them. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. No. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Planner Boss Academy because it's such a great concept. I think that, oh, it, I just love everything about it. Um, so what is it and why did you decide to start it? 
Yeah. So Planner Boss Academy is um, a course that I created back in September of 2020. And it's really a course that's designed to help struggling and new planner shop owners really gain control of their shops and kind of treat them like the businesses that they are. Um, And when I was creating it, it was really important for me to like touch on specific things and like every area of a shop owner's journey. So within the course, we really talk about everything from like mindset, which enough people don't talk about (laughs) a lot when you're running a business. I think now it's a little bit different, but Um, I mean, we could talk about that more later, but mindset is actually, it's been the most transformative thing um, in my life working on that. Um, But we talk about like pricing, which is like hugely eye-opening to so many planner shop owners when they finally see like what they should be charging versus what they have been charging. Um, And email lists, Instagram, and we kind of touch on everything. Like there's, I don't even know how many hours of content I have in there, but I'd say it's at least like 12 hours plus of content in there. Um, But as for why I started it, I think Confessions of a Girl Boss at its core has always been about like lifting the curtain behind what it takes to actually run a shop. And I really wanted to remove like any and all barriers that new shop owners or smaller shop owners might face when they're running their shops or opening their shops. Because I mean, you know that there are a lot of Facebook groups you can be in, but when you're a smaller shop, it's intimidating to ask questions. And a lot of like more seasoned shop owners, they're not as willing to answer your questions because they feel like they're you're not entitled to them because like you're new. And you know what I mean? Maybe that's not like the overall idea, but no, yes. Newer shop owners thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of just wanted to create this course to really give them access to all of this stuff, but also give them access to the right way to do it from an actual business perspective. Because at the same time, these newer shop owners are looking at bigger shops who have been doing things a certain way. And as a newer shop, the way that the bigger shops are doing it is probably not going to work for you because you don't have that audience, you know? So I wanted to give them all of the tools that they needed to do it right and to build shops that could support them. I love that. I remember when I first started, I had a shop way in the beginning of um, the community and starting a shop can be super intimidating. Like I can't even imagine someone trying, like discovering this community and being like, oh, I can do this oh wait, I can't do this because there's so many, like it, it's just, it's kind of scary, you know? And when you talk about pricing, that you can be stuck on that before opening a shop for weeks because you're like, I don't want to charge too much, but I don't want to charge too little. And I love that you created that bridge because like you said, so many people have so many questions and they're afraid to ask the questions. And so- I like that you made yourself available and you put yourself in a position to be the go-to person um, for anyone really, whether you have, you've had a shop for a long time or whether you want to do physical items or even digital items. Because I know you were, you went digital for a little bit, right? I think. Yeah. I still have a digital shop open. It's just, it's not really something that I talk about because they're really just there for like my long, like my lifelong customers to shop with if they want. I'm, it's not really something that I care about, I guess. <laughs> for lack you of have it available. That's cool yeah. though. I have it available. Yeah, it's open. <laughs> Very cool. Now, 
like I said earlier, starting a shop is super, or can be intimidating. Can you give us the first three most important steps to take and how our listener, listeners can execute each of them? Yeah, so like I said earlier, mindset, 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 mindset is the number one thing that anybody has to work on when they're starting a business online. When I was running my physical sticker shop, like I would just be overstimulated by business advice. Like I'd listen to all the business advice podcasts, all the YouTube videos, like constantly, like as I was working and it just got like information overload. And it wasn't really until I stopped listening to all that advice. And I started actually working on my mindset and focusing on that, that it became the most transformative for me because I realized that I could actually trust myself and trust my instincts and nothing was going to happen. If I made a wrong choice, I would just learn from it and try again, you know? So mindset is huge. Um, if you're going to do one thing, <laughs> that is the main thing you need to focus on for sure. Um, but I think when it comes to the planner community, I think a lot of people struggle with having a target audience so that would honestly be the second thing that I would say that anybody needs to focus on because the planner community itself is not a target audience. There are so many different communities within the planner community and you have to find your target audience and also what makes you unique to that community, those people and what makes you better than everybody else. Because like I said, a lot of smaller shops are seeing these bigger shops and it's not enough to just come in and do what they're doing. You have to do something that's unique and you have to serve your target audience in a unique way. Um, and I think that's why Vienna, I actually use you as an example in Planner Boss Academy, because <laughs> I think you do so well on Instagram with serving your community first. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, and not a lot of shop owners are doing that. So like when I'm teaching my students, it's hard to find examples of shop owners doing that. And there are a few that of my like go-tos, but I think that's absolutely pivotal, especially to make it in 2021. And then the last thing would be honestly become part of the community because the planner or the planner boss community, the planner community, it's so tight knit and it's so it's held up by every single person. And if you're not part of the community, you're going to find it difficult to kind of work your way in there as solely a business owner. Those are great, great, great um, examples and steps. So thank you so, so much. And thank you for using me. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I, I think you're so right on with all of it. Those, oh, I mean, mindset, like, I don't know how many podcasts I also have listened to Marie Forleo and and the, the thing is, is that there's so many ways that you can do it. And I think what you've created is a more personal, um, you know, a personal approach and also a camaraderie effect too, where people can talk about the things with each other and figure out, you know, hey, like bounce ideas off each other and things like that. And so I just love all of it. And those tips are gold. So <laughs> everybody take notes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that I teach my students too. I'm like, as you're doing this and as you're trying new things, like it's normal to feel uncomfortable and scared and like terrified of what you're doing. Like 
when I pivoted and started doing Planner Boss Academy, I was terrified. Like when I went on live with my students for the first few times, like I was like sweating. I was so nervous. I like couldn't like figure out what I wanted to say, but you don't get better if you don't try and if you don't push through those feelings. So, I mean, stop listening to all the advice and start acting on it because that's the only way you're going to make it any further. Yeah. You almost think like, if I just have all of this knowledge, if I could just yeah. know everything, my business will be successful, but yeah. it's like, it's one thing to know everything. And it's another thing to start putting it into practice. Yeah. And I, I think just having planner boss Academy, just like mends the two together. Like we're going to learn some things, but we're also going to put into practice how to get all of these things going. Yeah. And, um, it's a gift. So uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of anyone else to ask this question to better than you, okay? Because you're always talking about Etsy versus Shopify, and me and Jaredell have had this conversation several times. And so I want to know- Too um, many times. <laughs> Too many times. Yes. So I know we could probably talk about this for days, but oh, in I your opinion- <laughs> Let's talk about Etsy versus Shopify. What are the pros and cons of each and why would someone choose one over the other? Yeah, so <laughs> I have a whole module on this. <laughs> I could talk about this all day. Um, so I think everybody's initial idea is to start off on Etsy because they think it's great for beginners, right? And it is good for beginners because you don't have to do a lot of work to start. You just have to open your shop, you list your items and you're good to go. The problem with Etsy as a planner shop owner is, well, one, a lot of people think that Etsy brings in a lot of search traffic, which yes, if you do your SEO and you wait and you do all the things that Etsy wants you to do and you switch it up when Etsy switches it up, sure, like the search algorithm might bring you some customers, but it it's probably going to take a while and it's probably going to be very minimal because there's a lot of competition on Etsy. And the problem with planner stickers is they're such low cost items that the, or the fee structure of Etsy does not lend well to planner shops because you see these planner shops that are having like $1 Wednesdays or $2 Tuesdays. And it's like, you're putting so much of your pricing into fees. So you have to sell thousands and thousands and thousands of stickers to make any sort of decent profit to live off of. And that's just not a business model that I personally want. <laughs> um, and it's not something that I teach. Now, I do have my printable shop on Etsy. So whenever I talk about Etsy or versus Shopify, I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite, but I think there is a good kind of alternative. Like if you're running your shop and you don't need it to necessarily be a big stream of income, and you just kind of are doing it for fun and you just want to have like your digital products up there for people to buy. Sure. Etsy's a great option because you don't have to maintain it. You just put your stuff up there and you go. But for anybody that wants to build a brand and anybody who wants to make this something that's long lasting, Shopify is 100% the way to go. Or even like any standalone platform, it doesn't have to be Shopify. That's just my, my personal choice. Um, yeah, I just think the capabilities you have with Shopify to scale are so much are worth so much more than any Etsy search algorithm could bring you. And I always ask my students too, I'm like, what type of shop owner are you going to be? 
are you going to be the type of shop owner that is going to put your stuff up and you're not going to do any sort of marketing or any sort of promotion and just wait for people to come? Or are you going to be working your butt off to get customers to shop with you? Because if you're working your butt off, you may as well send them to your Shopify where you're going to put more money in your pocket. That was so good. That's so true. I feel like a lot of people when they start off and they're like, I'm going to go on Etsy and they put this stuff up there, but no one really knows about them. And they forget that aspect of, you know, um, marketing themselves, their shop and putting time like that. If you don't have a following, whether you start on Shopify or Etsy, it really doesn't matter, right? Like for me, when I started, I'm like, okay, I knew I had an audience going into it. So I, I put myself up on Etsy because Shopify wasn't really something that was like popular back then. It was more like, I have an Etsy shop. I haven't, so everybody was on Etsy, right? But I feel like a lot of people forget that. So which shop owner are you going to be and what kind of products, you know? And I think building your audience is so important. And people that go into this don't think like, they just think, oh, I opened my Etsy shop two weeks ago and nothing. So I'm going to switch to Shopify. Well, guess what? It's going to be the same result because you're doing the exact same thing in a whole other platform. So I'm glad that you talked about that. So that was so good, Chrissy. People are talking about, I mean, not not people, you were talking about scaling. And I think that it's important for listeners to understand what that means. Um, Because when you are starting a shop and you don't leave yourself enough room to grow, um, you're pretty much just selling yourself so short before you even started. And so when you go on Etsy, you're limiting your ability to start an email list. I mean, I'm sure there's a yes. way you can do it, but I'm, I'm not seeing it as easy as Shopify, you guys. I don't, I, it's just right there for you in the apps. It's available for you. Like Shopify has given you so many tools and apps to be successful in your business. They've given you all the analytics that you can look at to see like who is visiting your shop, you know, when they're visiting your shop, the the demographics. Um, They're also allowing you to send like notifications to old customers like, hey, I noticed you visited my shop, but you didn't buy anything. Here's a coupon code. Um, Coupons are in there. And there's just like so many resources. So for me, it's not, it's, it's not even really a debate, but it's not an easy, obvious answer for most people either until they're like, oh, wow, look at these pros versus cons. And you're just going to be limiting yourself on Etsy. And like Christy said, unless you don't want to do any work and you just want to just open your shop and put the listings up and just hope that somebody comes across your product one day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a totally different business owner. So I appreciate, um, yeah, I just appreciate you, you know, explaining that difference because it is a big deal. (laughs) There's some big differences there. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of shop owners too, um, I see them saying like, I'm going to start on Etsy and then like, I'll just like move to Shopify, like in a few months or whenever like things take off. And I don't like that idea either because (laughs) a lot of people decide to leave Etsy when they're paying too much in fees. Right. When like, I know for me, I decided to leave Etsy when like my bill was like a thousand dollars plus a month. And I was like, screw this. Like, no, I am not paying this company that much money. Um, but it's a lot of work to switch a platform 
and maintain your business at the same time. So I would rather just start it right from the beginning. And that's what I teach my students to do too. Because Vienna, you've been team Shopify for, I mean, you've been, you've been talking to me about Shopify for at least a year, I want to say. And I mean, I've been enough, trying to convince Jaredel to just like, she was like, should I do Squarespace? Should I do Etsy, Shopify? I'm on Squarespace. Let's stop talking about this and just do Shopify, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, went on, I was on Shopify for a little bit and it was like, so, it felt so weird because like I wanted to have a blogging platform too. And I know that the SEO for Shopify isn't as great and trying to put like Google ads on Shopify was a little bit like weird. So I tried Squarespace and I'm now on Squarespace, but you know, having a shop is not my main focus. So yeah, that, that's why like for me, it's more like I'm more on the crafty side of planning that I think if you're a planner shop, definitely Shopify. But then if you want to take the blogging side of it and just have like, so that your customers, you know, can get some of your stickers if they wanted to, you can have, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. For me, it was just too, yeah. it was to totally different. And I also do have, it's weird. And you can tell me this is wrong, but I have both Etsy and Shopify. I mean, not Shopify, Squarespace, sorry. I mean, I don't think there's like a wrong or right about it. I just think it's going to be more work for you in the long run having both. <laughs> so, uh, you're 100% right. Yeah. Because <laughs> listing twice and doing all this stuff, it it's a lot. I think for me, it was like, I haven't figured out a way with like shipping to the UK going through. I know Shopify, like it, it's like you have to fill out something and that's why like stopped me. So yeah, Vienna, uh, yeah. I'm, of, I'm so sorry, Vienna. <laughs> like if you want to put this in, a but I think it's like valid because some people don't think about that stuff and you have to apply if you want to like open a shop and ship internationally. I know a bunch of people are like, oh, I don't ship to the UK because we yeah. don't have that yet. So that's why I have my Etsy because on Etsy, they kind of make it easier for that. So I yeah, don't know. They take care of all of it for you. Yeah, yeah it's I so weird. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. So that, that's the only reason why, not that I've had many UK orders. So, you know, so anyway, okay, back on track. So we talked about social media. Now, social media plays a huge role in business success and marketing. What tools should shop owners utilize on social media to drive more sales? Yeah. So, I mean, my favorite social media platform is obviously Instagram. I'm scrolling on it way too often. Um, I know that for sure. But I always tell everybody, you have to be jumping on trends on Instagram. Like right now, reels, they are post, they are pushing it so hard and you have to be jumping on reels. It's literally the easiest way to explode your reach right now. Um, I know it's scary, but like I said, you're not going to be comfortable doing it until you try and until you practice. Um, stories is also crazy important. I always tell my customers and it's true. You have to build a no like, and trust factor with your audience before they're going to shop with you. And stories are the perfect way to do that because you can show behind the scenes. You don't even have to put makeup on, just put a filter on. Everybody does it just like maybe don't have like the dog tongue popping out every now and then or something, <laughs> 
but you have to be showing up and showing people who they're shop, who they're supporting and why they should support you. But beyond that, I also suggest if you have the capacity to do it off of social media, creating content on some sort of evergreen content platform like blogging or YouTube, because then you're also getting like Google SEO is in your favor. And you can also build that know, like, and trust factor even more with your audience by having those platforms. Um, but as for actual apps with Instagram, I mean, I would be lost without Canva and Planoly is what I use to schedule everything for my Instagram. And again, I would be lost. <laughs> These are all great suggestions. Yeah. Instagram, obviously it's such a shopper's market on Instagram. It's crazy. Um, how it's turning into that now, even more and more. Um, but those are all great, great tools. Now you touched on something I wanted to ask you. I'm curious about this. So we're, you were talking about no like trust factor, right? Yeah. I love that. So what's the balance between showing someone or showing a potential customer, um, more of like your personal life or your, you know, you about you versus, pushing a product or trying to get a sale, what should, what's a great balance between the two? Cause I feel like that's a, a definite question that people have. Like, I want people to know me for me. I don't want to just be a, a robot that's selling things, but also I want to keep it professional. So what would you say about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely a recovering oversharer when it comes to social media. <laughs> I used to overshare a lot, but there's definitely a way to have a balance and still make money. I always tell anybody who asks me, if you're showing up online and you're providing value to your customers, never feel bad about promoting your products because you're an online business. You have to be comfortable with selling your products when it comes time to sell your products. You just have to make sure that you're not doing it all the time. So if you haven't been on Instagram in like a week and then you all of a sudden show up with like a new release picture or you're just like showing pictures of new releases in your story, it's not going to hit as hard as if you've been showing up consistently, providing value, even if it's just entertainment for people. Um, if you show up then and you start promoting your new releases, more than likely people are going to have a better um, reaction to it. So it's all about like giving a little and then also like asking for a little bit back. Now, all of this was gold. And honestly, what I kept hearing was showing up. I think a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, I posted last week and nobody bought or I post. And then you look at their Instagram and all their posts are about their products. Mm -hmm. And I think they say um, somebody has to know, like, and then trust you. Right. And I think it was like, I read somewhere, it's an average of five to six times. Like somebody has to keep seeing you and your products for them to even start to like you. And yeah. then they kind of trust you. And then they finally buy the product. Like it's think about like, it's almost like you look at big brands, Nike, for example, right? You've seen them your entire life. So, you know, it's uh, a product that you can trust, but buying from a small shop that people have never heard of before, that's, that can be scary as a consumer. Cause you're like, how good is that product going to be? Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so when yeah. you said showing up and, you know, really using everything, like the stories, like behind the scenes, I think 
people, even me back then, like we missed the mark on that. But I can't tell you how much behind the scenes content I, as a consumer, absorb every. I'm like, oh, that's how she she's making this. Oh, and this is coming up. Like, I love that stuff. And then I get so addicted to. I saw the process and how that person made a certain product. And then it becomes like, oh my gosh, she's going to have her release. Oh my gosh, it's sold out in two minutes. Like you want to be a part of that two minutes that those products like sold out. So yeah, thank you for making that point of like showing up and not just be on social media just because you want to sell things and you want to get rich off of people because that can totally stand, send off the wrong you know, info out there and just the wrong vibe. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't buy from someone that's like, oh yeah, she's just showing her stuff because she just wants people to buy. And then you don't know nothing about, you know, the product or how it even came to be. So thank you for sharing that. No, exactly. And what's more too, is that not even with people just like buying your products right now, it's how you build a community and gain that long-term, like, I hate to say loyalty, but like, I guess that's the only really word I can think of. And you guys know what I mean when I say that, but like, I, like I said, I used to be an overshare to the extreme, but what I didn't realize was that it was building such a huge community around me that supported me when my husband got left or got denied entry at the border and like rallied behind me and did like a no sale sale. And they pivoted with me. And now a lot of people are following my confessions of a girl boss account and joining planner boss Academy. And that's how you do it is because people like you and they want to shop with you and support you. They can get stickers from anywhere. So true. So true. And like I said, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking of all these questions because you're such, such a fountain of knowledge. Um, <laughs> you know, there's this, there's been this running debate in my head and I think in a lot of people's heads too, um, about having separate Instagrams for, let's say your planner, Jared's laughing because she's like, not this again, but I think it's such, it's, it is such a hot topic for people because it is so much easier to sell your product on a Instagram page that is just for your shop. It's like all of just my products. It's just all the things that I'm selling. And so I don't feel bad pushing my product there. If you're following my Instagram for my shop, then that means you want to see me selling things, right? But then there's, let's say your original planner page, Instagram, and you've grown a community there. You've grown a following and loyalty there. And so yeah, people, of course, would still want to buy from you on that Instagram um, um, Instagram page as well. Um, I'm like losing the words as I'm speaking. But I guess what I'm saying is, what is the better option? Because nowadays I'm seeing, like Jared was saying, I'm seeing more people be more authentic with how they're running their business. I'm seeing more people be honest with um, the products that they're buying to, you know, to run their business, all of that. And so mm -hmm. I think it would be a cop out and it sounds so bad. If you have a shop, Instagram, do your thing like it's working for you. <laughs> but I also think right now where we're at in 2021, it's so much harder, but it's also to your better benefit to have all of that in one because we're buying your product, but we're buying you. So Yes, it's easier, but in my opinion, um, 
it's not going to work out in the long run the way you want it. Am I right on track with that? Or what would you say? I wholeheartedly agree. And I honestly, I wouldn't even say it was easier though, because if you have two accounts, like you're going to be pulled more to one of the accounts and more than likely you're going to be pulled to the one where you're being yourself and you're having fun being yourself and then your shop's going to suffer for it. So no, I, I personally would never want two accounts. Um, I mean, cause I, I don't even want to keep up with one sometimes. <laughs> sometimes one is hard enough so having two is just a big no-no for me for sure okay so you know running a shop and a business and raising kids taking care of things at home you just mentioned that you moved I mean that's a lot right so what tips do you have for getting things done and staying on top of it all I know it's never easy it's never fun and pretty so I want to hear it all and what planners are you using right now to keep it all together Um, okay. So first of all, I do not have everything balanced at any given time. (laughs) I actually just posted about this on Instagram, but I think balance is a total myth that is just like unachievable for most people. I watched a video by a booktuber and she was talking about how she has like different buckets of like her life. She was like having like her YouTube, her work, her reading, her family and all of and her friends. And she's like, I know at any given point, all of these buckets can't be full because I can't personally fill them. So one of them is always going to be a little bit emptier at all times, but I know that like, I'll fill it up next week. And that has just stuck with me so much through this season of life. It's like, if I can't get to like, spend as much time with my husband this week, like I'll do it next week, but he knows that that's okay. And I know that that's okay. And I know that like, it's going to ebb and flow. Um, but as for actually getting anything done, (laughs) if I didn't have my mom to help me watch my kids, like I would be totally lost. And I try and be really transparent about that on my social media, because a lot of other moms or or parents don't have that, um, the benefit of having a family member nearby to watch their kids, or they don't have the means to get somebody to watch their kids. And they might feel bad that they're not getting as much stuff done, but I want to make it very, very clear. My mom watches my kids every single day so that I can work. So I would be lost without her. (laughs) And I've told her that so many times. Um, so yeah, having a support system is key for me, but as for planners that are keeping me um, organized. I, I mean, I work for Moxie Life, so I use a Moxie Life. <laughs> um, but on a more, it's weird because when I'm like super stressed and when I have a lot to do, I can't use a paper planner. I need to use a digital planner. So I use ClickUp, which is a project management tool for absolutely like everything in my life. And I just love that. Like, I don't feel like I can't move things around because if I write in my planner, like I don't want to cross it out, (laughs) like move things around. So that's why I like um, ClickUp for that. So yeah, a combo of Moxie Life and ClickUp. I need to know more about ClickUp because I feel like (laughs) I've never heard about ClickUp. I've never heard about it either till now. So please let us know what, what, give us the D. Not sponsored or anything guys, but I mean, if this is helping Chrissy, I want to know what's going on. (laughs) It's basically like, have you heard of like Asana or Trello or anything like that? It's basically like that. But what ClickUp has done, it's basically taken like 
Google Drive and Asana and Trello and all of the different views, even like Google Calendar, and it's kind of combined it into one. So it's basically like a hub. So you can have documents on there, you can have lists, you can have like mind maps, spreadsheets, you can do even forms. So like when my students join Planner Boss Academy, they do an intake form so I can see like where they're at and what they're most struggling with so I can support them the best. And I have that through ClickUp so that when they submit their answers, it just goes into a spread a spreadsheet so I can just access it that way. And it's basically, you can do anything in ClickUp. You should definitely check it out. <laughs> and it's free. Oh, they have a free version too. Um, I mean, you can't do the forms on a free version. Um, so I have like the next um, level, but the free version is great too. Yes, I will be checking that out. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I've used um, both Asana and Trello. Uh, I like Trello because I don't know, it, it's just fun and they incorporated tacos with it. So I was like, oh, tacos, Trello. <laughs> but I had never heard of, I'm going to have to check it out. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. <laughs> also, I wanted to touch on what you said back there a little bit um, where you said, you know, if I don't do this this week, I'm going to do it next week. And that was so good because I mean, I'm a recovering perfectionist. We're working on it. I promise I don't want to be a perfectionist. Like it's not something that I glorify at all. Um, and so having that idea that, okay, in any given day, I have to do these 10 different things to make it you know, to make it feel like I've done my duty for the day. Hey, you know, I did some creative work or I worked on my business, but I also played with my daughter and had time for my husband and I cleaned. And it's like, what am I, a robot? Like I cannot do all of this stuff in any given day. And so, like you said before, mindset and just recognizing that when you start a business, you're going to have to sacrifice and you're also going to have to change your mindset that a lot of what you were doing before is not going to get done anymore because now you have this, you know, this other thing that you're adding to your life. And that was so good because, uh, you know, we need to practice not filling our days so full to the brim because we feel like we have to do it all. It's like, hey, if I don't get laundry done today, I'll get it done in the next two days and being okay with that. But man, it can be hard for, I mean, it's hard for me. I can admit that. So um, thank you for bringing that up. And I'm going to take that into my day, <laughs> into my life, because I need it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. And I, I, I also like to teach my students too, like once you get into a bad habit of spending too much time on your shop, which if you actually did like a time analysis, you would probably realize you're not being productive all those times when you're working on your shop, you're probably scrolling through Instagram a little bit too much. But <laughs> when you get into that bad habit, it's hard to pull yourself out. So doing that mindset work and making sure that your routines are solid, even as you're building your business is so important so that you're not stuck and overworked oh, yeah. constantly. Yeah. Me and Jared have talked about this so many times about how I can literally get sucked in like a wormhole, black hole into something that I'm working on and it not being able to me not being able to pull away until I've done until I'm done or I'm satisfied with what I've done. And there's just no way you're ever going to be satisfied with what you've done. And so, um, yeah, so that's a great tip. Just being able to 
pull away and recognize where all those buckets are and if they're being filled and when you're going to fill them. Um, it's great stuff. Thank you. I totally agree. I mean, I feel like balance is a lie. Like anybody that says they have, you know, balance and they have time to spend X, like I have to time myself because otherwise I will get sucked in. So like, I, I know you said buckets, but I have like different times where starting at a certain point when my husband comes home, I'm like, okay, I, I call it, I, I'm closing up shop. And I tell him this like every night, I'm like, I'm closing up shop. And when I say that, I literally have to leave this room because if I'm still in here, I, I, I won't have time for him or other things like cooking, cleaning, all that other stuff. Like I literally have to take myself out physically because it's, it's so like, I don't know, everything becomes about my shop after a while. Like when I was running a shop the way I was before, you, you can get sucked in, like even where you're just researching people that have had success. Like I became addicted to seeing, oh my gosh, this person got success doing this. I'm gonna do this, but my own way. Mm-hmm. No, that really meant I'm gonna do this just like them and call it like it's my own thing. And most times, 99% of the time, it doesn't work for me because yeah. it's someone else's system. Exactly. And you don't, you don't know what somebody else's life is actually like. So a lot of times when you're seeing these success stories, it's like these entrepreneurs who are so young and they don't have kids and they, maybe they have a husband, but they don't have the extra responsibilities that you might have in your life or you might not have, but you don't know the actual realities of it. So you're just putting extra pressure on yourself for no reason at all. But I will say it also helps that my husband does not expect dinner every day. <laughs> Living with my mom lately, she's like, I can't believe you're not making him dinner. And I'm like, I'm a 21st century woman. I'm sorry. <laughs> He can make his own dinner. <laughs> My husband actually cooks. He loves cooking. And oh, uh, I'm like, yes, because while I don't mind making dinner, my, it would be completely boring and, and uneventful. And so he's just like always in there, just in the kitchen cooking stuff for me. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> so I'm so. with you on that because that's not <laughs> something I want to spend my time doing as bad as that sounds, you guys. I would rather, let me clean something. I'll go deep clean. Like <laughs> I don't want to do that either. I'll I know, right? <laughs> do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I got you. Neither do I. But I guess, you know, that off, off trade of you cook me food and I'll clean your clothes or any something. <laughs> Anyways, totally off topic, but yes. No, I love that though, that you have, like your husband doesn't expect it. I literally, when I cook, I cook so much on purpose so we both don't have to think about what's for dinner tonight I'm like there's leftovers that I made you know this is what we're gonna eat (laughs) sometimes like I get that sometimes you're not gonna you're gonna have to work a little bit longer than you want to and that's just the reality of it but you have to do things that work for you you know I don't know I just feel like sometimes you with social media, you get wrapped up in seeing what other people are doing. And it almost makes you feel like you should be doing the same things. But then like you mentioned earlier, like we don't know what their responsibilities are like. We don't know 
any of that. You know, we're only going to know what we deal with with our own life and what works for us. So, I mean, I guess we've been saying this almost this entire podcast, like you have to do what works for you. And sometimes I get it. It's hard to figure it out because you, you don't, if, especially if it's something new, like starting a shop in the beginning, it, nobody tells you, but it, it's hard. It's going to be hard. Like you, if you're designing, then you're trying to figure out how, especially if you're cutting the stickers yourself, you're going to have to figure out your machines. Everybody's machines are different and you're going to have to decide what type of machine. Like it's, it's a lot to learn. So if you don't, you know, and I'm sure you, you've worked with students that are like, I did this, I did that. And it's not working out. Like, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of people that come to you. And I'm glad that, you know, when I started in the beginning, we didn't have a huge community of shop owners that knew what they were doing because we kind of all started at the same time and we're all learning at the same time now it's few years down the road and you've what I love is that you've been through it and you can teach that wisdom to other people because we didn't have that back then like we could ask each other but we would all have yeah nobody knew we would have the same frustrations and be like I I contacted customer service too, and I haven't heard anything. Like th- those were our problems back then. But now, like, I again, I love that you're closing that gap because it's like you said. Sometimes some bigger shop owners are not really willing to tell their in quote secrets because really we've had to figure it out, or they've had to figure it out, and they're probably using some something completely different now than right. we would back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. You've had your, you have a digital shop, you've had a very successful physical shop, and now you have an upcoming launch with Planner Boss Academy. Um, Can you talk to us about that launch? Yeah, so um, we're reopening the doors to Planner Boss Academy on April 22nd, and I'm actually going to be hosting a live training on April 22nd, which I'm very nervous about. But um, the live training is basically going to be three simple moves that you can take to move your business forward. And it's kind of like a celebration for Planner Boss Academy opening its doors again. So we haven't opened since January. So I guess I'm opening once a quarter now. <laughs> we'll figure it out, I guess, next, next quarter. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited because, I mean, so far we have over 43 students in there and I just can't wait to welcome in the next group of students. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, sorry. We're, we're both excited. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah, excited. It's awesome. So am I. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, now, can you tell our listener where they can find you and how they could sign up for it? Yeah. So you can find me um, at Confessions of a Girl Boss on Instagram. My YouTube is on a little bit of a hiatus now since I did just move and I've accepted that I'm probably not going to post videos until I get into my own house sometime this summer. So <laughs> it's another thing, I, mindset work that I've done there. But um, yeah, so I'll be posting all the updates on Confessions of a Girl Boss on my Instagram. Um, so yeah, you can check that out there. Awesome. So you said there's 43 students in there now. I want to know a little bit about um, how do the students interact? Because you guys, she's being modest, like... <laughs> 
her, she has so much of value in Planner Boss Academy and they're meeting every so often, right? To talk with each other. You're meeting with them one-on-one, I believe. So, I mean, really dive into that because you're, you know, you're doing something that can be so helpful for someone that's just doubting themselves and just needs that push and the camaraderie that's involved. It's a lot. So what about that? Yeah. So we have monthly live coaching calls where every other month it's me on there, but every other month I get a guest expert to come on and talk about something that I don't know about because I am the first one to admit, I don't know everything. So if I can get somebody on to teach you, I will do that. Um, So we have those. And when you join, a lot of times I'll do like hot seat Q&A live calls where I'll just come on and you can literally just ask any and all questions that you have as a new student to kind of kick kick your journey off. Um, And then we have a Facebook group that I'm in constantly where you can connect with other shop owners, ask any questions that you have. Um, I just did a training on um, content pillars for my students. So now everybody's in there sharing what their content pillars are and asking if it makes sense for who their target customer is. And I just love that. I mean, everybody can kind of, um, I guess, get a bunch of different opinions. Um, And it's great because we have a really good mix of shop owners. We have a lot of new shop owners. We have some people who haven't even opened shops yet who have joined and they're really thinking of really cool ways that they can serve their community without just selling products. And I love that. Um, But we also have seasoned shop owners that have been open for like four or five years that they do have the experience um, to help out and offer a different perspective if, um, if they need it, which is awesome. Yes, that's what I was looking for because you have so much going on in there. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, Okay, so I know that your followers um, do have some cute, do they have some Q&A? Um, yes, I have three questions I came with. All right. <laughs> um, so one that I got was, how do I engage a Facebook group that is just dead? <laughs> and I think this is a pretty common theme. I get, I get this question a lot with kind of the older generation of shops who are in PBA. But honestly, Facebook is so hard. Like it's really hard to engage a group like that. You have to be posting in there like multiple times a day to like gain any sort of traction. And for me, I would rather be posting multiple times a day on a platform where I would be attracting more eyes on my stuff and all my content than posting in a closed group that nobody could see. So if your Facebook group is dead, honestly, just don't worry about it and focus your attention on growing your audience publicly because that's going to benefit you so much more. Um, The second one that I got was what should I prioritize during slow months? And this, (laughs) so for me, there's kind of like two ways that you can do it. Like obviously like the planner community has slow months, like every year you would like no, a slow month is coming up normally in the summer for me, it would just kind of like be a little dead, but if it's not kind of on trend for shops to be slow, I would honestly look at your data. And that's why I love Shopify because you can look at your data like this and see how, what you can change to kind of 
ramp it up again. So are you getting people to your shop, but they're just not checking out? Are you not even getting visitors to your shop? Like what is happening within your shop or your shop's presence online that you can adjust and kind of test out. And I always say you have to try something, analyze it, and then try again because you're not, you're more than likely not going to hit it the nail on the head the first, the first time. But if you're getting people to your website and they're not checking out, why aren't they checking out? Like, are your pictures not up to scratch? Is your shipping maybe too high? I mean, there are so many different reasons why people might not be checking out, but if you're not even getting people to your website, then you got to up it on social media or Pinterest or your email list or wherever you're doing all of your stuff um, to get them there. And then the last one, which we kind of touched on already is I'm really struggling with showing up online. My confidence is really getting in the way. And again, this comes back to mindset. And I know it's so weird to talk to yourself on stories, (laughs) but you really just have to go for it. And sooner or later, you're going to forget that you were ever nervous about it. And it's just going to be second nature. So I always just, I know like everybody says, like, talk to the phone, like it's your best friend, but like, seriously, like that's what works (laughs) for me anyway. So I would probably suggest even like taking private videos of like what you would like to post on stories, but like, you don't even have to watch them back. Just like record something and post it. (laughs) Because like I said before, you're only going to get more comfortable doing it the more you do it. I was just going to say like for people that don't like that, don't feel confident enough to get on social media and show their face. Just pretend you're FaceTiming. Nobody knows what you're doing. Like if you're in public, like nobody knows. It, it, it's such a norm now that people are on social media. Or like when I first started, I only showed my, my hands. Like literally the camera would not face me. Nobody would see what I looked like. It was just what I was showing. I, heck, I, I didn't even have my husband in the same room. I was like, go, go somewhere else, go somewhere else. Don't be in here. I'm going to record. And I would be so afraid to like have him even hear me saying what I'm, because I don't know, you, you get that fear of like people making fun of you. And it's almost like you revert back to like when you're a child and like people are going to make fun of you and tell everybody and all that, but really it's no. No, people are too worried about themselves. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It was filled with so much knowledge and we know you're going to help so many people out there just kind of, you know, be more, uh, have a lot more confidence in what they're doing with starting a shop or just growing their shop and just showing up for people. So we appreciate you being here. Um, much. I had so much fun. Yeah. I'm not nervous anymore. Can I come back again? Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. 